Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Our guest today will not fail to inspire you. And if you were a fan of Channel 4's Secret Millionaire series, you may well be able to put a face to the voice. Liz Jackson, MBE, is an award-winning entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker. She is currently marketing director at the family-owned market-leading global mergers and acquisitions company, BCMS. Prior to this, despite losing her eyesight in 1998, she set up a former business, Great Guns Marketing, which won an award for being the best female-led company in the UK. Liz was also awarded an MBE in 2007 for her services to business and in 2012 an honorary doctorate by Staffordshire University for inspiring others. I'm almost humbled. I, in fact, not almost. I am humbled to be in your presence today, Liz Jackson, MBE. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. My pleasure. Uh, now, you are a lady who really knows, needs no introduction. So let's just dive in for those who don't know about your past, which has been you know, a challenging one without putting too fine a point on it. Uh, talk to us, if you wouldn't mind, Liz, about life before 1998? Sure. So I was a maid of Kent. I was born on the Isle of Sheppey <laughs> and uh, grew up um, uh, just outside Maidstone in Barming. Um, and I went to an ordinary school. So although I went blind when I was 26, um, but I did have challenging eyesight um, when I grew up. And one of the reasons we moved um, to Hampshire was not just because of my dad's job. It was also because schools and education had an inclusion policy. Um, and my parents were desperate that I stayed um, in an ordinary school. Um, so grew up there, went, went, to, went to school, went to secondary school, um, a, a place called The Hurst, which is a great secondary school. I unfortunately wasn't a great student. Um, so quite rebellious. Um, I think really I was very determined that people didn't know that I had uh, an eyesight challenge when I went to secondary school. I think it had been so highlighted at primary that I was keen for it to not be known. So, um, you know, I, I took up misbehavior probably to mask that a bit. Um, so no surprise really that I left school with, you know, one GCSE. And because I've been so good at putting on a performance, that, again, no surprise, it was in drama. Um, so did that. Um, the recommendation was to go to college. Uh, to do retakes when I finished school, which I did for about six months. Um, again, you know, college was a funny place because you turn up and the tutor says, you know, you're grown-ups now, so 
you know, you, you choose to be here and I won't be chasing you. And me and my other naughty mate just looked at each other and went, brilliant. So we just didn't go for six months. Um, and then my dad found out, you know, that I was really not pulling my weight and that education was probably not the place I was going to find my talents and skills. So um, I, I applied for a YTS placement and got a job with a local company as an office junior and had the time of my life there, really. I, uh, I found sales um, in that first job, working for an incredible entrepreneur who was very, very gracious and really took me under his wing, taught me sales, and I thrived. I loved it. I stayed there for eight years. Um, I had the opportunity to work in the UK and the US um, and kind of for the first time in my life found something that I felt incredibly passionate about um, and after eight years, decided to um, start my own company, which often happens when you work for a brilliant entrepreneur. You kind of mm. want to replicate what they've done, really. Yeah. I love the fact that you, to quote you, I took up misbehavior like that's its own kind of GCSE, um, <laughs> which is fantastic. I'm going to remember that, that little uh, soundbite, uh, took up misbehavior. And, and interestingly, uh, you and I do share... Um, a, a commonality and that's our love of drama that's that's um with my grand the only thing i think i excelled at as well um i've al- already heard the word passion we'll explore that in a bit more detail um and what's interestingly is already we're hearing from somebody who's been incredibly successful and has been armed with two things really that passion that you've spoken of um with, despite the fact that you weren't particularly academic so um Already a very interesting insight into who you are and, and, and kind of how you tick, how you operate. How did you lose your eyesight? It must be very difficult as a 26-year-old to, uh, to go blind when perhaps you've been used to uh, living a, uh, I, I don't like using the word normal because I don't think there is a, such a word these days, but um, how, how did you lose your eyesight? And, and more particularly, how did you adjust to the new world that you were then living in? Sure. So I have a genetic degenerate eyesight condition called retinitis pigmentosus, um, and it basically attacks the retina at the back of the eye. Um, And I was diagnosed with that condition when I was two, uh, but it stayed the same until I was 26. Um, So I had, you know, if you like, this shadow hanging over me for a lot of my life. Um, where I was told, oh, you'll go blind, you'll go blind. When I didn't go blind, um, in my early teens, when my vote sort of meant something, we stopped going to Moorfields because it was just depressing because there's no treatment or cure. So, um, so you know, I guess I'd sort of lived my life and, and really forgotten um, about the threat of blindness. When I did go blind, it happened fairly quickly. Um, and so, you know, I was reading a book one day um, and then picked it up the following week and, and really couldn't, you know, see the words. And then the week after, couldn't see the book. So it was quite a, a fast uh, process. There were some wonderful things, though, that happened at that time. So my, my first great thing was that I had founded Great Guns. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited about this new venture uh, that I'd embarked on. I'd also met the man of my dreams. Um, so I'd fallen in love with an incredible man who is, is my husband uh, now today. Um, and, uh, and I have a very strong faith. And 
Um, and I'd only sort of found that faith um, sort of quite recently as well, not because of my eyesight, but just because I had. And I think that combination of, you know, just waking up every morning and feeling incredibly blessed, you know, incredibly lucky that I'd got this great chap, I'd set up this brilliant company, um, you know, I could eat three times a day, I had shelter over my roof, you know, over my head. Um, and somebody told me at that time that because I ate three times a day and I had a reef, I was in the top 2% of the richest people on the planet. Mm. Um, and so actually it would feel very, very rude to have not felt joy. Um, and I honestly, you know, didn't have one day of tears through that process. Um, and just very much took the whole situation as you know, one that needed a lot of practical, um, Problem solving. I have to say, Liz, I, when I mentioned the word inspiring a couple of times in the introduction, uh, just what you said there, I mean, cannot fail to inspire those listening. I guess there's a lot of people out there who now they're listening to what you have to say will probably say, you know what, now that Liz has given us this perspective, she's absolutely right. But it isn't easy, of course, for people to focus on the positives in the way that you seem to almost take in your stride. Um, how how do you overcome those hurdles, those challenges? You know, you, you, you planned your business and then something happened that would have derailed a lot of people. You focused on the positives and that's, that's amazing and to your credit, but a lot of people really struggle to focus on positives. Do you have a, do you have, um, a process by which you try to live your life um, other than your faith and, and that perspective that you've already spoken of? Is there any advice you can give to people who, find it a bit more difficult than you to, to look at the positives. Yeah, and I think actually it's about discipline. Um, um, you have to take your thoughts and emotions captive. Um, and there's some things that I do. So, I mean, there is, there, is, there is a saying that says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's how he is. Um, so your thoughts actually drive your behaviour. And so I have some routines that I do. So I get up in the morning, every morning. Um, we've got an exercise bike and a few weights. Um, so in the mornings, I'll do an hour workout. Um, and that is my, you know, taking me to the edge physically. It helps me think um, and focus um, and just think about all the things I'm thankful for whilst I'm doing that, but also, you know, casting away those thoughts those negative thoughts that keep trying to edge their way into your mind and really batting them away and it's not something you learn overnight actually um it's been a life you know a life of learning that and you know we've had some pretty uh, challenging times over the last months um and and, and that that is it's just so incredibly important to take control of your own thoughts I mean I, you might be different from me but <laughs> certainly I think if I let my thoughts um sort of run rampant they tend to take on if you imagine them being birds of prey um but I think by nature they're more sort of birds of carrion which will you know want to feed on rotten meat and you know that's I think that's how we're kind of born it's how we're made and you have to change that and sort of become you know become somebody who's 
who sports are, you know, free eagles who <laughs> can, you know, can fly up there and, and just want freshness and want healthy thoughts. And it's so easy to say it. And in practice, you know, I find combining that with exercise really, really, really helps. But it's getting control of that. And that is discipline. That's, it's a very strong discipline that you have to adopt. Mm. Setting up a business on its own, obviously it's a huge challenge for anyone, Liz, but coming to terms with uh, the challenges, the particular challenges that you face must have been clearly a, a far bigger thing to come to terms with. How, how did you, and the people around you, I think it's very important at this stage to mention your support network, and you've already mentioned your husband, but your colleagues too, I'm sure they are as important in your success as, as you are. I'm sure you'd be the first to say that. How, how do you, and, and as importantly, how do the people around you adapt and how did you help them to adapt? Because it's not the sort of thing that, that we necessarily come across every day. And it sometimes can be as, as difficult for others to deal with some of the challenges that you face as you do yourself. I've got to say, I think I'm probably a bit selfish now you've put it like that, because I don't think I thought particularly of other people um, and their issues with uh, me losing my sight. Um, I think I just focused on the practical issues of working my my way through it. Um, the business was very small at that stage, um, you know, like two, two or three people. Um, and I was a leader. Um, so, you know, with your boss going blind, you know, you've got to deliver very strong leadership for those people to feel confident that everything's going to continue. Um, my parents are positive people. You know, my dad has always said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, you know, he, he started from nothing and made it to the board of a, a very large um, UK PLC. Um, pretty much similar background to me, you know, wasn't in school ever so much. So uh, and a real achiever. My mum has always been very entrepreneurial as a, you know, as a primarily a housewife and then a career woman. She's raised four children incredibly well. So I was always taught those skills of, you know, you know stiff up a lip, get out there, make it happen. Your destiny's in your own hands. Uh, you work hard, you, you know, it'll pay off. You know, all of those sorts of phrases and, and, and things. My parents had you know, lived that. So I'd watched these role models, um, you know, build their, build their lives and, um, and do so incredibly well. Um, I didn't worry about them. I just focused on getting three. Gosh, we could go down a whole different line of uh, questioning here about role models and bringing up families and so on and so forth. But um, let's talk, if we may, for a second about leadership qualities. You know, you've mentioned the fact that you are a leader uh, and, and a very good one too. What, what is it about Liz Jackson MBE that makes her a great leader? And I'm sorry to ask you that question because I'm asking you to talk in positive terms about yourself, which you may feel too modest to do. But clearly you have a, you have a take on what it takes to be a good leader. So what would they be, Liz? I think the first one's humility. So you're right. It's not an easy subject. <laughs> uh, you know, I love leaders and I, I aspire to be someone who's humble. I don't always make it, I can tell you. I think, you know, I think the best leaders are those that really understand the responsibilities they have as a leader. Um, you know, and their, their job ultimately is to serve the people who, um, who they're responsible for. 
you know, to make sure they've got the tools that they need to do the job, that they're well advised, that they know what the targets are, um, they understand what their reason why is, you know, that they listen to their, you know, dreams and ambitions and, and then show them how they fit into our dreams and ambitions. Um, you know, I believe strongly that a leader is someone who strives to have integrity and somebody who strives to do the right thing. Um, somebody who, who, who self-assesses enough to know what their own strengths and weaknesses are and isn't afraid to, you know, invite people to work alongside them that are stronger in the areas they're weak. Mm. Um, it's someone who's brave, someone who's resilient. Um, you know, and I don't have all of these qualities, but I certainly, you know, covet them. There's a lot of people out there at the moment, particularly given that all that's uh, happened in, in recent times, Liz, that will be saying, you know, I've got a dream, I've got a passion, but I'm really finding uh, it easy in many ways to come up with all the excuses I need not to do something. Um, and, and we've all heard about the discipline and regret thing. You know, if you, if you don't have one, you're definitely going to have the other. Um, what advice would you give to people who kind of are on the cusp of, of doing something extraordinary in their life, but they just, you know, they haven't maybe had the role model. They've not had the, the upbringing that you've had or been, been immersed in positivity, uh, but they just need something to give them a little bit of a, bit of a shove to get them out of the starting blocks in life. I mean, again, given all of your experience, what advice would you give to people who just need to find uh, their way a little bit, who perhaps are, are floundering a bit at the present time? It's a, it's a really tough one. I, I think you've got to really want it and you've really got to believe in it. I think that, you know, belief um, and passion are probably the two most important things because I don't think you can achieve anything unless you've got that. I think other, you know, other barriers you can overcome, you know, finance, disability, uh, education, you know, those sorts of things are, are things you can, you can kind of climb over. But if you don't think you can do it um, and you don't believe in it, then I honestly, I would urge people not to do it um, because, you know, the only way you're going to get somebody else to believe in, in, uh, in, in your ideas and you perhaps invest or support you um, you've got to get them to believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, there's absolutely no way you're even going to, you know, get three steps down the road. Mm. So I, I think belief, passion, resilience, those are probably, you've got to check yourself and make sure you've got those. Um, everything else is probably overcomable, but those, those things aren't. I, I love the fact that you've just uh, cast aside, you mentioned disability, in whatever whatever shape or form it takes, you almost cast that aside as that's not the insurmountable part of the problem. The insurmountable part of the problem is what exists in inside of you. So um, that's a, that's a very uplifting message for so many people, I'm sure. What what is it? I'm 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 personally intrigued, and I know a lot of other people who don't understand the the way the um, the system works. What, what clearly, it means something very special to you, Liz, and, and rightly deserved too. What does it mean to be honoured with an MBE? How did that all happen, that, that, that part of your life and the, and the importance of that recognition? <laughs> well, I, I guess I've just been, uh, you know, in the right place at the right time on a, on a number of different occasions. But 
the way that happened was I was delivering a keynote speaker at the speech at a conference um, and somebody who was involved in the honours programme was in the audience. Um, and I was actually with my dad at the time. He was in the audience and the guy approached my dad at the end and said, we've got to get her an MBA. Um, and so that's that's really how that that happened. Um, of course, it was lovely. You know, the Queen, for me, I think is one of the, the most incredibly inspiring business women in, in this country and indeed the world. You know, she exhibits for us um, a work ethic that is just off the scale. You know, she is incredible. Um, and, and even more so today, I was talking to my colleagues in the States and they were saying it is so refreshing when we've seen your queen do her updates, you know, over and above any other leader. She is outstanding. And so she continues to inspire the globe uh, when she delivers her keynotes. And I, I've, I just think she's awesome. And so to be able to stand in front of her and curtsy, and receive a medal um, was wonderful. And it obviously meant a lot to my family as well. Um, and I feel very blessed to be recognised in that way. How long were you practising your curtsy for? Well, it was a bit of a challenge, really, because I was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. Oh, wow. So curtsying, <laughs> uh, curtsying was, <laughs> wasn't as easy as it sounds, but I managed to do it without shaming myself in public. <laughs> What about the honorary doctorate for inspiring others? I mean, what a, what, a lovely, what a lovely accolade that is because there are so few people that, you know, um, go out of their way and make it part of their raison d'etre, if you like, to inspire others. So tell us about that one as well, Liz. Well, again, you know, Staffordshire University, um, I think somebody, somebody on, on the board, you know, again had heard me speak and, and asked, me to do that I think they were keen for me to speak at their graduation ceremony as well which I love doing um uh, you know there's nothing more wonderful than seeing you know young people start their journeys um so I, I was only too pleased to do it and again it was just lovely you know a lovely thing I mean, it was funny because both my brothers have degrees and masters and my sister has a degree and masters I'm the only idiot in our family when it comes to academia and so when I I have to say I was I wasn't very humble when I got given an honorary one and rang both my brothers and said how hard did you work for yours <laughs> they give them away <laughs> That's great. Um, Liz, uh, I know that uh, a lot of what you do um, is about inspiring others. Um, how do you help other business owners to understand their value? Value is something that many people really struggle to understand. Um, how do you go about um, coaxing out of people all that innate talent that they probably don't know they have to really understand why they were put on this planet and their contribution potentially to society. How, how do you get that from people? Well, it's an interesting uh, concept, isn't it? Because business owners, I think, often can feel, you know, quite capitalist, you know, like capitalists. And, you know, we, you often find that people look at people who run companies, um, you know, and almost, you, you know, there's quite a lot of bad press around it. But actually, these people are creating you know, jobs, wealth, they're often very involved in their local communities um, and community projects. 
um, you know, and a well-run business where they look after their staff it, it, it is an absolute gift to society. And so I think it's really just in an unashamed way just saying, you know, you, you are incredibly important to our country, to our economy, as role models to our kids, all of that sort of stuff. I think there's another element, though, um, which I found really exciting in the last five years um, working in a, an M&A company that specialises um, in selling privately owned companies. We can now look at what actually you know, acquires value in a business. And I, I just love that we get to influence business owners in showing them you know, what makes a business valuable as well. And so that their blood, sweat and tears that, that go into these companies actually pays off at some point in the end for them after they've taken all of the risks. And, and especially at this time, you know, whether we're being asked to, to borrow um, and, uh, and ride through probably the, the most difficult period that anyone in this country would have ever experienced in running a company. So on that subject then, uh, what advice could you possibly give to business owners at this time uh, that would help hopefully inspire them to think about survival and recovery from, you know, what is, as you say, an unprecedented moment in, well, not just this generation, but probably three or four, uh, Mm. probably not been this difficult for the UK and the world indeed at large since the Great Depression. So uh, we probably won't ever see this again in a lifetime. Hopefully we won't. But there's a lot of people out there just thinking, you know, what can I do to survive? What can I do to thrive? Uh, are there any immediate thoughts that, that you would be offering to help them go through that that process at the moment? Yeah, I'm, and, you know, there are way better people, more qualified than me to give this advice. But I, you know, the first things I would be doing is is making sure you've shored things up. Um, so, you know, accessing the furloughing, I would I wouldn't be holding back if you need to on that. Uh, to take an advantage of that grant, it's you know it's designed. The government have created it. Seven million people are currently on furlough. If you need to furlough, furlough. And I, I'm just hoping and assuming that everyone who needed to do that has done that. Um, get your application into the bank for the sea bills um, interruption fund if you need to um, and if you think it's appropriate but don't you know I've, I've spoken to a number of uh, bank managers who have had lots of applications but they've been on the back of a fag packet they really haven't been thought through um, and I think you need those applications need to be uh, provided with a good, strong, robust business plan on, on answering the question you've just said, how are you surviving and how are you going to thrive? Um, so how are we going to put the money uh, that, that is loaned to us um, to make sure, you know, not only do we make it free, but we get out the other end and we have the capacity to pay back those loans. Mm. Um, so taking advantage of that, I think getting a really, really good handle, if you haven't already, on your costs, you know, conserving cash as we go through. I think communication is absolutely key, you know, making friends now and being a friend and giving away as much free advice as you can. Winning as much goodwill as you can through this time will will be, you know, a really, really good strategic thing to do. So communication with clients, understanding that clients are going through a difficult time, communicating with, you know, talented employees. You know, we've got great 
great teams, you know, communicate with them, make sure they're all right, make sure they understand what's happening, um, communicating with partners, looking at opportunities to make your marketing relevant. You know, don't keep sending out the same old sales messages as if we weren't going through a pandemic or trying to get some sales because you're desperate. You know, think long term. Um, there's a lot of backlash at the moment for people who have gone with strong sales messages at the moment as if, you know, they just don't understand uh, the environment. So all of, all of those things and then start to look at where are the opportunities going to be what industries are thriving uh, we, you know we've we've uh, spoken to lots of businesses that are you know are, are already doing very well through this um you know people that are involved in anything to do with nesting you know home furnishing diy gardens uh, software companies that are doing well. I mean, CarZoom, <laughs> it's amazing now. You know, hobbyist businesses, online retail. You know, there are sectors that are doing well now. And now we've all got used to home shopping. We'll absolutely go like a bomb up the other end. So we've got to make sure that we position our businesses to align with, you know, businesses that are going to survive and are going to thrive. And we're sympathetic and empathetic to those that are going through at the moment as well. Really good answer. Uh, can't let this podcast pass without a quick comment about women in business. You know, you are the epitome of all things great about um, female entrepreneurs. And it's great to see so many more women coming to the fore, leading industry and businesses. Um, quick comment in relation to um, women in, in the business world, Liz. Uh, just a general comment, really. N- nice to see uh, comment or advice for those ladies aspiring entrepreneurs out there thinking about making the step forward yeah I mean I always believe that um, you know women are incredible at starting businesses um, I think where I would really like to see us move now is to have the confidence to really grow them um, and I'd like to see uh, you know more support for women who, you know, are ambitious um, and really want to build, you know, those businesses that are going to really have a big impact on our economy. There are some incredible women out there running some outstanding businesses, but there aren't enough of them. Mm. Um, And I'd love to see, you know, our support in as much as we could to to get those good businesses to to great organizations that really, you know, are job creators and, and, and contribute to the economy. Well, let's hope you just inspired tens of thousands of women listening to this podcast to, to follow in your footsteps. Uh, final couple of quick things, if I may, Liz. Firstly, how do people find out about Liz Jackson MBE? Social media, websites, anything like that, if they wanted to check you out? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. It's probably the the easiest place to get hold of me. I do I do tweet and I'm on Facebook as well, but I'd message me on LinkedIn. Um, Liz Jackson at BCMS. Um, and my email address is liz.jackson at bcms.com. You might, you might regret giving your email address, but anyway, hopefully somebody, uh, somebody deals with those for you. Um, <laughs> and the final question, uh, just because I think... Um, I, I'm kind of expecting this answer, but what we do is we ask all of our guests to summarize everything they've said. Um, and, and I can put it no better than this. Let's imagine that uh, a younger version of Liz Jackson came and sat on mum's knee and said, right, you know, I'm about to take on the world. I'd like to follow in mum's footsteps. 
I want to, to be leader of, a, of industry or business, uh, but I'd just like a few words. If you could, if you could stick it all in a test tube, mum, uh, and uh, just drill it down so I can kind of focus on one thing. What would be the one thing from an advice perspective, Liz, that would trump everything else? I think if uh, uh, my daughter came and sat on my knee and said this, I would say that you've got the talent, um, you're brave, you know, you need to be resilient because there's going to be a lot of failure. Um, but that's all right because, you know, every time you fail, you're going to learn tons. Um, so welcome that when it comes. Have broad, short shoulders. Take responsibilities for the errors. Build your character. Keep building your resilience. Don't ever let go of the vision and your dream. And work really damn hard. And honey, you'll definitely get there. Oh, that's a that's um that's not so much an answer as a very inspiring, short, motivational uh, presentation. Liz Jackson, MB, thank you so much. Today has been. Uh, inspiring to use that word again, but uh, you are one extraordinary lady and I'm absolutely delighted that you've been able to join us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. I'm, I'm really struggling to think of an, an adjective that does Liz Jackson MBE justice. I think um, extraordinary would, would be the word. Each week, we have a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success or overcoming life challenges. Please make sure you subscribe, follow us on social media, Sandro's podcast, same on all channels. And if you want to email us, because you can email us, don't worry uh, about bombarding Liz's inbox, but email us hello at sandrospodcast.com. And please remember two other things. Connect with me, Sandro Forty. It's the real Sandro Forty on Instagram. And please leave the reviews on iTunes so we know what kind of guests you'd like in the future. Uh, And it's been fantastic today to bring Liz Jackson, MBE to you. Uh, Following numerous requests, uh, we've finally tracked her down and she's very, very kindly given up her time. So until this time next week and another very inspirational guest, goodbye for now. 